between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. said he who drinks of this water that it will be in him a well that will spring up even to everlasting life Lord we have come to drink from you a life that he that believeth on me as the scripture has said out of his belly will flow forth rivers rivers even rivers of living water Lord Jesus help or give us give us your waters let your waters flow through our soul let it flow through our soul as a great stream. So there is a river whose streams thereof made glad the city. Lord, we want to be made glad by you as we sip, stay by your waters to drink, to fellowship, to enjoy, to enjoy your words, to enjoy your truth, to enjoy your life. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Lord, thank you because you're rapturing us taking us above the corruptible all the corruptible things in this world Lord the corruption that is in the world through lust thank you because of mercy that can elevate us and bring us even to a higher place even that holy ground Father our Lord thank you Jesus we bless you this morning we come to your table with celebration we are coming, Lord, to turn our mourning into joy, to obtain joy and gladness. We are coming to turn ashes into beauty. We are asking, Lord, for encounters with your spirit this morning. Thank you. Well, we've come to enjoy the brokenness of your presence, the meekness of your presence, the brokenness, Lord, of, that your voice brings to our heart and to our soul. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the, the quaking as your voice thunders, the quaking that will happen within our heart. Thank you, O oh God, for the instability. You will destabilize, Lord, our own frame and refashion us, Lord, according even to your glorious nature. Thank you, our Father. Lord, I ask, O oh God, let your spirit move this morning. I ask for the flow of grace to every heart refreshing times of refreshing from the Lord we seek that this morning we desire it thank you Lord Jesus for leading even in your presence as we open the word of God as we look into the scripture thank you because Lord you will bring guidance and Lord you will bring about the establishment of your righteousness through doctrine through teaching use my heart this morning help me to just fall into that place of just awe, Lord, and reverence for your truth, and help my verse, my Father, to pick your thought at the right frequency this morning. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We bless your holy name. We welcome you. You're here. You're here. You're here by your, your angel, Lord Jesus. Thank you for being here. Thank you. We acknowledge your, your even your person, the ministry of your person. You want to impart your, your person of your impact of your own self even to us we acknowledge you 
We thank you. We bless your holy name this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Glory to Jesus. You can have your seats. God bless you. As you sit down, please just say hello to somebody and just give, um, give a, a lovely smile to them and say I'm happy to, to see you again this morning and to, to fellowship with you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. Bless your name. Oh, thank you. saying I'm, I'm about to fill you, to fill your cup. Yes. Mm. Thank you. said I'm about to feel you all. I want to feel you. I'm going to feel you even with the, the wine of my life. To make you intoxicated and full. To be full of life. For even in a time where many, many, many lack life, you will have life. I'm about to bring you into the joy of my life. 
the enjoyment of my life, to satisfy you with life. For my life is my own satisfaction to make you satisfied and even to make you fulfilled in this life. See the Lord for yeah, you're coming into season of reaping. For there will be a great harvest of life. There is a great harvest of life which you will come into. You will come into a great harvest. A great harvest. A great harvest. Even a bountiful harvest. And it will be a joyous harvest and a joyful harvest. For those who go forth sowing seed will return again. Even with the sheaves with them. And they shall sing. They shall rejoice. They shall rejoice. It's time for you to rejoice in your Lord. And to rejoice in your maker. Be glad in him. Rejoice in him. Rejoice in his life. For yeah, you have reason to rejoice. For even the blessing which has been brought to you is your reason for rejoicing. So rejoice evermore. Evermore even rejoice. Rejoice evermore. For this is a time of rejoicing. Season of rejoicing. To even rejoice in the Lord. To be joyous in him. Even in his life, oh yeah, I'm going to turn sadness into joy. Amen. Sadness will be turned to joy yeah. because of healing, Amen. healings, Amen. healing, yeah. healing and restoration, yeah. which will occur, which is even happening to you already. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Thank you Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I see increase. Yeah. I see increase. Increase, increase, increase. Grace for increase. Grace for increase. Increase that will happen mercifully and graciously. Increase. Power, powered by heaven. That will not be by any work of any man, but will be a clear and full and total work of grace. For works of grace are happening, and works of grace will continue to happen. You begin to see the workings of grace, even the graciousness of the Lord, as you begin to deal with you. Don't ask yourself, how can this be? Can I come up even to this place? No, don't say that, don't say that, don't say that. For with man, it is impossible. But with God, with God, for with God, yes, even that very impossibility, which you see, what is that mountain before Zerubbabel? What is the mountain which is before Zerubbabel? What is that which has stood before your growth and your advancement? It shall become a plain, say the Lord. It will become plain, say the Lord, by the operations of grace. You're being brought into the operations of grace, into the dealings of grace. For yeah, you shall bring forth the headstone with shouting of grace, 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 grace to it. Even many of you are putting off the filthy garment off of your soul. You're putting off the filthy garment for yeah, I will bring you even into the priesthood. And I will bring you into my priesthood, saith the Lord. And every filthiness will pass away and shall be taken away from you. See, the Lord says, I'm about to clothe you afresh. I'm about to put a new garment upon you. To wear upon you even a new clothing. A new clothing upon your soul. That many who have seen you before. And who have known you before. They will not know you anymore. By virtue of the garment. The new, the new garment which the Lord is about to put upon, upon your soul. Wear it. 
put it on. Put it on. For this is even a season of adornment. To even adorn you. To adorn you after the order of the bride. For more and more as you continue, as you continue to rest under this ministry, the ministry of life and everlasting life, your garment will be changing. For we will wear garments. Your garment. Your new 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 garment. Receive your garment. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Thank you, our Father. We give you praise this morning. We bless your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Lord, we receive all your blessings for us this morning. We bless your holy name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. How many of us believe what the Lord is saying? Okay. <laughs> Amen. Oh, Father, we love you. Um, let's open our Bible today. Mm. I'm turning between two things. you, Jesus. Amen. Let's thank my wife. Thank you. For... <clears throat> Praise God. And let's thank God for the musicians <laughs> and the choir. Thank you, guys. Um, thank you for blessing us this morning. Where is Sister Shane? I'm not seeing her. Where is she? Ah, she's right here. Please, can we appreciate her and thank her for uh, Thank you for helping. My, my wife was supposed to sing today, but uh, we just figured it's, it's not easy to play the keyboard and sing at the same time. It's not that easy, so I think last minute we just told Sister Shion to help us, and thank you. I think it was very powerful, right? Yes. The, Lord, the Lord really um, blessed us this morning. Um, the Lord will take us higher. Um, in, also in, in worship um, and music uh, ministry. Um, the, you know, the, the, the world flows with songs, you know, as the world is growing, right? Um, and it's not just a, alone the, about the songs per se, it's, it's, the, it's the journey that every song is supposed to take every soul on. Right, because every soul, especially in the New Testament, um, we know Paul was saying that you should sing, you know, um, with psalms and hymns and what spiritual songs. Praise the Lord. Then making melody in your heart unto, unto, unto the Lord. And what, that's one thing that doctrine is supposed to bring about. Doctrine will bring about the, the journey of, in music. Because music, um, music helps the soul to, it helps bring the soul together. To um, sometimes hearing, when you're hearing alone, um, it, can be hard, it can be harder to bring about integrating the soul, bringing the soul into the experience of what is said. Or sometimes a song can just make, 
take you, make you bridge a gap very, very quickly, you know. The song can make someone bridge a gap very quickly. And there's so much in, in music. Praise God. And uh, you see all through the, the book of Psalms, right? You saw the attitude of David speaking concerning the importance of music ministry. Uh, and that's one thing I will encourage every one of us. I know we all do that to a great degree. I thank, thank God um, to, you know, you listen to songs, you listen to music, you know, EGFM, cleft music, right? You enjoy, is there anybody who doesn't listen to, the, to those music? Okay, don't worry, if you're not connected, then we'll connect you later. Uh, praise God. Um, so it's good to, to sing songs that, that, that speaks about the message. Or, the, or what God is saying to, to the soul, because songs help to drive those things deeper into the heart. You know, in the, when God was joining with Israel at some point, when something mightily happened, sometimes the song, you know, when they crossed the Red Sea, you know, they, they broke into a song to mark that, you know, encounter. And you know, the journey that we are taking is not physical. It's a journey of the soul. So, so there's a point where the soul can also cross the Red Sea. And then a song, the Lord will have to bring a song to, to the heart. Praise the Lord. Um, there many of us here, the Lord will bless us with, um, with grace. Those who are of us in the, in the music ministry, praise God. Um, is don't just do it like just singing. <laughs> Amen. Um, Sometimes it's hard to see ministry inside it because we are all humble people, you know. So, you know, when we are very humble, we don't have God, God, I just want to just stand here and sing and go. You don't want to, you know, think that the Lord has something great or it's hard to see yourself as being a very, very key element in you know, the collective um, work that God is doing. But I want you to know that you are significant, even if you're backing up. Praise God. <laughs> Even when you're, you're, you're backing up, what? I know some of you will begin to lead the music very, very soon. I know that. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> you, some of us will begin, some of you, you will begin to see, don't worry. No, maybe next Sunday, sister, you will be the one leading the worship. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah, but what you say is a very, it's an awesome ministry. It's a wonderful ministry, so I want you to take it that way. You know, um, praise God. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Um, how many of us have been blessed with what we've been talking about recently? You know, um, <laughs> praise God. I'm just checking. You know, sometimes you, you, want, to, you want to feel that um, the Lord has been blessing us. Um, the flow, does this, this concept of being made new, does it make sense to you? It does. <laughs> eh? It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Who can who wants to summarize some things? What did you say? Eh? Who's going to summarize? Do we, we can take a vote now. Praise God. I, I'm seeing faces looking away from me. <laughs> I don't know. If, is there a way to, that we can capture 
um, there's, there's some key things that the Lord has tied together um, for us. I, I think connecting the, um, connecting, with, I know we started from, we're looking at the new birth a little bit. Then we now began to see the transition from the new birth into the realm of the soul. How the Lord wants to do that thing or create, you know, that is if any man being Christ, a new creature, bringing about the new creature. Right, and then we now saw that it's not just about just doing a single work, that there is a constant, you know, newness which the Lord wants to bring every soul into, right? And which is just a, a con- constant thing that as you're working with the Lord, you're being made new. You're being made new. And by God's grace, we're able to see, I think, on Wednesday that that thing, there's a beginning of newness, and then there is where it is springing forth into. Right, and what is springing forth into is is to the purpose of the new thing is to spring forth from the life of Christ into the life of God, right? And and the way the soul we do that is by changing, becoming renewed, right? So we saw how he said that though the outward man is perishing, but the inward man is what will be constantly what renewed day by what renewed day by day. Praise God! And now from being new, you now see that I think towards the end of Wednesday, we began to now speak about that springing up of new life, how it springs up. And then like Jesus Christ said, that first of all, I'm going to give you my water to be inside you as a well. Amen. And then that well will then spring up into everlasting life. And everlasting life, we say, by the time that God's life in his soul becomes, comes into everlasting life, at that point, that that soul has become a river, or the life in the soul is, is like a river. Praise the Lord, as the, Jesus Christ said it in John chapter 7. Quickly, let's read that, John chapter 7. John chapter 7, I think it's verse, um, praise the Lord. John chapter 7, verse, verse 37, right? John seven thirty-seven. it says that in the last day, that, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried, saying, If any man thirst, that let him come to me and drink. And he that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, that out of his word belly shall flow forth rivers of what? Of living waters, Amen. Now, the the you know, I now going to speak about the Holy Spirit here. That the reason why the Holy Spirit was actually given is to eventually bring the soul to a place where um, the soul can flow. The rivers of God's life can actually flow out of the soul. The rivers of God's life can do what? Can flow out of of the soul. Well, you see, that river flowing, there's, there are a lot of things that are meant to obstruct the flow of the river of God within his soul. There are many things that have been raised by the enemy to obstruct the flow. Say flow. 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 So the, the reason why the Lord renews the soul is to make the soul a, a channel to carry the river of God without any kind of obstruction. 
praise the Lord. To make it so what? A channel to carry what? The, the river of God without any kind of what? Obstruction. Now, the way God, the way God will flow out of a man, um, the way God wants to flow out of, flow through men or flow in men, flow through men or flow in men, God wants to flow in men, uh, but the way a man, a soul should be to allow God to flow, um, the wisdom of how a soul should be positioned to allow God to flow is not something that is easily, that rests just within the domain of man. Like, we don't know what to do with ourselves to bring ourselves into a place where God flows. An example of a man who God was flowing through was Jesus. When you read the book of John, you see that this was Jesus was able to, he was able to flow. His life was flowing with the life of God. His life was, there was never a time where you found Jesus making a mistake. There was accuracy, both in his speech, both in his action. It was just, it was very accurate. And it wasn't just maybe leading in terms of him dreaming and God telling him, do this now, or maybe hearing a loud voice and all of that. Jesus was just living, right? Just living the way you and I live. But in his living, he was actually flowing with God. Right, because the, the, his water and God's waters were the same. And it was actually the life of God that was flowing through Jesus. You see that. Praise the Lord. And that, that was, that was, uh, Jesus was, Jesus was is, the, is the picture of prophetic accuracy. So when you say prophetic, prophetic means um, the, that which is manifest in the present, but which is from the future. That's the meaning of anything that's prophetic. That is, which is, comes, which, you can, which is demonstrated in the present or has a representation in the present, but is actually from the future, which is what Jesus was doing. Jesus was actually living the life of God. Praise the Lord. Upon the earth. Um, now, the, the real work of ministry, we're talking about the New Testament ministry on Wednesday, that this is the task of ministry of the New Testament, is to be able to fashion men to be able to flow with God. To be able to do what? Fashion men to what? To be able to flow fully. To be able to flow fully with God. That's the purpose of New Testament ministry. Fashion men to be able to do what? To flow well with God. You know the way Jesus was flowing with God. When I say flow, you know what flow means? Like I've described it, it has to do with alignment of thought and ways. Thought and ways moving and flowing what? together. Praise the Lord. Now, um, the, devil, the devil has to, the devil knows how God wants to achieve that upon the earth. That thing is actually an impossibility to man. That's where, when the disciples told Jesus, you know, how can all these things be? Well, Jesus was speaking the language of his own conversation, which is the conversation that, of his father. As well, when he was saying that, look, except that it's, it's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Right? And Jesus was giving us those standards upon the earth. And he said, look, God, all these things are actually, how can they be? He said, with man is impossible, but with God, what? All things are what are possible. 
And you see, man has made plenty of attempts. You know, all the, the philanthrop, uh, philanthropic endeavors of men, you know, doing, doing gifts, giving alms, morality, and all of that. But that does not, that doesn't, um, in fact, the whole approach, do you understand? The whole approach towards religion is actually wrong. Like religion on the earth misses the premise of dealing with God. In other words, religion generally, um, let me say mainly the Abrahamic religion, because most of the other ones, many of them don't even believe in one God. Uh -huh, but the Abrahamic religions, that's the Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. And those are the ones that believe in one God. Uh -huh, but all the other ones, they have all kinds of things. But those ones, um, there is a misunderstanding of God's own, there's a, there's a misconceptualization of God in the sense that they, they feel, there's a tendency to feel like God, the problem God has with man is just a thing of appeasement. That man sins, so let's find a way to appease him. You know what I mean? That's where the conversation of, of works, good deeds, all of those things come in. Right? And men do it through different ways. The Pharisees and their own is through praying, through giving of tithe. They pay tithe of cumin. You know, cumin is a very tiny, tiny seed. They can divide it into ten and pay what tithe of. Praise God. And you know Jesus was mocking them. I said, you guys who can pay such a tithe... Well, yeah, all of you guys are all brood, your brood of vipers. You guys are, you know, Jesus it means you guys are pretty much filthy. You are, you are against God in everything. Even though you look to do the smallest righteousness. Praise the Lord. So, um, so the problem is that, and it's, it's very difficult to deliver man from that kind of frame of thinking. You know, the frame of thinking of God as a being to be appeased. Yeah, that's the religious frame or the religious mindset that men have. And when you think of, because when you think of God of someone that you should appease, then it means that you also, in a way, under there, feel that there are things you can do to try and appease God. Praise the Lord. But the thing is that God is not looking for appeasement. God just wants to walk with men. Do you understand the difference between those two things? That God is not looking to be at peace. So a man doing, living his life his own way, and then whenever God gets angry, say, God, I brought this for you. Don't be angry anymore. And then he will go back and do his own thing. That's the, the idea of religion. Praise God. Even Christianity mostly is practiced that way. Is the... That thing is a thought of spirits, fallen spirits. And those spirits, they know what God is looking for because they were with God. Like Lucifer himself was with God. Lucifer himself, he knows, he knows what God is looking for because the, the place where he was, he knows inside him. You look at the book of Ezekiel chapter 28 where, where in, in him, when the Lord framed him, God framed him with instrument of, 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 um, he, was a, he was like a temple in himself that can constantly give worship and movement. You know, he was a, he was a, he was a cherubim. In the vision of the cherubims in the book of Ezekiel, you saw how the cherubims are positioned. Ezekiel from chapter 1, you need to read the, the chapter. You see that cherubims are beings who are framed to move with God. 
right? They actually carry his throne. His throne is sitting upon them. And then their own spirit, they have, they are, they, they have wheels on them, right? And then he said the spirit of their wheels, right? It's the, the spirit of the living creature is in the wheels. And wherever he that sits on the throne wheels to go, they move with him. Do you get what I'm saying? So that gives you a sense of those angels that is not just going, they don't go and bring sacrifices to, to sacrifice to God. That's not the angelic life. It's, it's flowing with God. Unity, movement with him. As his will is, they respond to his will. His will and their will, they have, they just resonate together and they move together. So Lucifer himself knows that is service and that is what worship is. Do you get that? He knows what worship is. He knows what service because he came from that realm. He knows that the, the nature of cherubs are they are full of eyes within and without, constantly beholding unism. There shouldn't be a difference between God and them. And they know, he knows those things. So when he came to the earth and he, inside the, that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you see one of the, the strongest gene in the tree is religion. When I say religion, I mean what men know to be religion. It's actually a part. So religion is an occupation of the soul that can occupy the soul with things concerning God, but shut the soul out of how God really wants to relate with man. So, so it's, and that thing is very deep. Sometimes you don't know how deep that frame of thinking is inside you until you try to change. <laughs> When you are trying to change from being like that, you now discover, hey, man. <laughs> Kai, that thing is, is so deep. The Lord, the Lord was talking to me. I'm sorry, I'm not following through just scripture now. I'm just trying to see today. That's what I feel in my heart. If, you know, I said I was in between two things. But I just feel this is the way God wants us to flow today to maybe solidify some of the things that we've already learned to make it really sit properly in our heart. Amen. The Lord was talking to me about religion. He was just, just kept talking to me. And the Lord can do that sometimes. He can, for a whole month, he'll just be talking to me about the same thing. The same thing. And then anything I do, if I have a conversation with you, he will talk to me about that same thing. He, will use, he uses different things, different people, different scenarios to talk to me about the same thing. Praise God. So the Lord was talking to me about religion, and, and he, was, he was showing me that religion, why, why religion is so powerful. You know, religion is powerful. There is nothing, as far as the earth is concerned, there is nothing as powerful that the earth has ever seen that has more power than religion. Religion is what powerful. In fact, any kingdom on the earth that wants to have reign over men, if you are not able to awaken and use the power of religion, you will not be powerful. That the, and people, people actually understand that. that most of the, the kingdoms who have ruled the earth, the, there's a way they must, have, they must be able to touch men in a religious way. That's the way, because religion is very what, powerful. And the Lord was telling me, that, do you know why it's that way? He said, because it's because the spirit, the spirit of religion, he said the spirit of religion, it has the same voice as the Holy Spirit. 
he has the same way. So, so the Spirit, he mimics the voice of the Holy Spirit. He mimics it. So any time religion speaks, it sounds like the, the Spirit of God. And then he said, the Lord was telling me that also, apart from that, that the, 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 the spirit of religion is also a writer upon men. In other words, is also a maker of covenant in men. And he said that the place where he writes is the same place where God's spirit writes inside the conscience. So that's why you can see a religious person it can be feel they are being led by God and honestly to the best of their conscience they believe they are being led because this, the feeling is the same the sound is the same that's evil that means so this religious approach towards God is one of the greatest evils that Satan has done and the devil did it for the future because for a long time in humanity, man wasn't, didn't have the Gospels. What is the Gospel? The good news. News about the, God's actual way of life and what God wanted to bring. So as long as man was shut off from the Gospels, then um, religion, religion, religion is... Is not man cannot see religion as an enemy. Do you understand? The man cannot. It's like take the law for example. You know, you know, God can anything Satan does, God can use it, because anything that is inside him, God put it there. He just perverted it. So God knew that man has already God, man already has that thing inside of him. So God said, "Okay, we can still use it." Since man is, has been framed religiously, so we can then give him a religion. Judaism came from God, do you agree? Yes, sir. Through the giving of the law. God said, okay, since man is framed this way, let's give him, let's give him that thing. And I can also use it somehow to be preserving him. You get, you get what I'm saying? But, but so, but religion doesn't stand as an enemy to man until it's time for, for man to be spiritual. Wow. <laughs> you will never detect it. You understand what I'm saying? So, when season of being spiritual has not yet come, a man and religion will be friends. Because you will feel, ah, religion is helping me. You know, at least, because in that just trying to appease God, there's something that it can help to make the soul calm down. And focus on, you know, that pleasing God, which you cannot really do. Because the problem with religion is that after you've done the sacrifice, he never says, okay, I'm okay now. God has been pleased. He will tell you, no, there's more you need to go and do. <laughs> that's, the, that's the spirit of religion. You can, you can never satisfy it. You know what I mean? No. So the religious spirit keeps men busy. Yeah, it just keeps men busy. And, and at some point, God said, it's okay, let men be busy doing that because we don't have an alternative for them yet on the earth because there was no way for men to be spiritual before Jesus Christ came. So God used it. Praise the Lord. Does that make sense to you? 
But when it's time to be spiritual, hey, you now begin to realize that that thing has had, that has had a deep root in the soul is actually an enemy of God. It's an enemy of God because you have, it's actually, that thing is a, it's the, it's, it's sin, it, religion and sin. They, they, have an, they have a pact. They have a pact. Sin, in other words, in the sense that sin will always use it. That was the book of, that's Romans chapter 7. That even though I had the law, everything, but in discovered there's another law in my member, then sin taking occasion by the commandment. And with it, it what? It slew me. So sin, anytime, religion will be there, but anytime sin knocks, it doesn't know what to do. It can always open the door to sin. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. So, but when it's time to be spiritual, you now realize that, ah, there are things deep in it. So, you know, the orientation towards, um, this, is the, this, is the, this is how religion is. Religion tells you, okay, this is what you need to do. First of all, religion will create a dissatisfaction in your heart that, ah, God is angry with this thing. Then we tell you, this is what you need to do about it. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is what you, you need to do. It's all, religion always sounds that way. Religion will never tell you, ah, God is, is, pleased, is not pleased about this thing, but you know what? Just expose your heart to grace. There's grace coming to handle it. Religion doesn't talk that way. Never. It will never tell you that way. Religion will never tell you, you know, just don't worry about this thing. Just hope for the grace that should come to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. It doesn't talk that way. It will tell you, there's this thing wrong, but this is what, these are the things you need to do to fix this thing. <laughs> and, when it, and when it talks like that, it will sound like the spirit of God. And when you check your heart, you check the same place where God writes. That's where it wrote his own law. You think that God is the one talking, but it's not God who is talking. It's actually that spirit of religion that's talking. And when you go and do that thing he said you should do, do not come back, ah, man, there are other bigger things here. <laughs> are you seeing what I'm trying to say? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. So, so the thing is that that's one of the biggest installation of Satan in man that will stop that's why a religious soul will, can never flow with God. Because a religious soul who does not have flowing with God sit in him as a body. The burden of a religious soul is to appease God, not to flow with God. So it is a religious mindset that, that makes a soul get tired of revelation knowledge. Be, but they can leave revelation knowledge and go and be doing other things. Maybe works or other things. They feel that God is actually more satisfied with these things. Because it is a heart that is interested in flowing with God that seeks after revelation. The burden of flowing with God. 
when there's a burden of flowing with God, then. And so you see, the, the, one of the main reason of New Testament ministry, and this is why I said all these things, is, is actually to deal with that, um, to deal with that frame. You don't know, we don't know how deep religion goes. Take a, in fact, religion is compatible with Bible, right? Do you get what I'm saying? This is what religion uses, right? Their religion is a spirit. Religious spirit is actually a spirit of the book. They are spirit of books. So you see, even the, all the Abrahamic religions, you see, um, the Muslims have their own Quran. The Judah, the, sorry, the Jews have their own book. The Christians have their own book. So that's why when you see a Christian just giving them Bible, hey, go and study. You've not really helped the Christian. Because the teacher of that Christian is a spirit, is a religious spirit. And when he, when he gives him scripture to go and meditate and pray on, praise God, all he will be seeing from the scripture are what? Are all the ways he needs to go and appease God. The mind that's reading the scripture will always see that. Praise God. Am I making sense to you? You will always see that when you give this, the, 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 such a person the scripture. So that is why, so I was saying, so what needs to, the power of making a man, making a man to be transformed in a way that he doesn't, he's not positioned religiously, but rather he's actually framed inwardly to actually flow with God that being able to live and walk with God instead of a religious spirit, instead that sits in the soul as a body, as opposed to just that appeasement with God. The reason why souls want to appease with God quickly so they can quickly go and do their things. Because appeasing God is a quick route. And religion always promises it as it is a quick thing you need to just go and do. Go and get these things done. But the secret of that thing is so you can go and live your own life. But the burden that should rest upon the soul is the burden to not live your life, but rather learn how to live the, the way God lives. To get that work done in the soul, that's the purpose of New Testament ministry. New Testament, say New Testament ministry. Yes. New Testament ministry is that. So New Testament ministry of the New Testament is not a Christian reading the Bible and praying. A Christian can read the Bible and pray, but not touch the ministry of New Testament and not receive the ministry of the New Testament. Praise God. Do you agree with what I'm saying? And the day a Christian will know that, look, I've not, been, I've not even known anything about the New Testament. It's by the time God brings mercy to now begin to see, hey, so you mean that someone can be locked up their whole life and be reading the Bible and not even know anything concerning it? It's because 
you read the Bible with your, you see that, that heart that the religious spirit has tutored is who is reading the Bible. Yeah. So you, the person will always take things in that way and in what? And in that light. Praise God. Now, so what we're talking about on Wednesday was very, I think it was very, very key. That's Second Corinthians chapter, th- chapter 3. I think we looked at New Testament ministry from here. Then we also looked at it to look at what the Lord said in Ephesians chapter 4 about the, the New Testament ministry. Praise God. I'll just read again. It says, do we begin again to commend ourselves or need we as some others a piece of commendation to you or letters of commendation from you that ye are our epistles written in our heart, known and what? Read of all men. For as much as ye manifestly declare to be the epistle of Christ ministered by us, Written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God. Not in the tables of stone, but in fleshy tables of the heart. So, what Paul is teaching here is, he's showing you where, that where New Testament ministry flows from is not the place that many people think it flows from. It's not, it doesn't flow the way many, many people, I'm sorry to say this might come against some things that you may have thought before. But it's actually true. You know the concept of just get born again, read your Bible, pray every day. And I might say don't read your Bible, pray every day. I'm not saying that you shouldn't do that. But I'm telling you that you can do that and not have access to the ministry of the New Testament. Because that is not the primary flow of the New Testament. Just like that. That the New Testament is has to be has to be carried because has to be carried by people who have gone through the that you see that thing I, I describe the framing the framing that is not of a religious nature that is a framing of the spirit you get a framing of the spirit let, let us think beyond just um, you know when you're when you're a bit ideological about things and everything is idea, idea, idea. You can mix things up. But as well, you might, don't think idea, idea. Think in terms of the reality of essence, of things. Praise the Lord. Like, when you're talking about a nature, a nature, a nature. There are, you see the scripture, all the things in the Bible here, there are different kinds of natures that you can use materials from the scripture to produce. It just depends on which spirit is using, are you getting what I'm saying? And not just by spirit, it's by what authority of spirit. That's one thing. Then number two is what kind of machine. When I say machine, I mean soul. What kind of soul, what kind of machine is doing the lifting out of scripture? A religious machine can never lift life out of the Bible. Even when the Holy Ghost is present, a religious machine cannot live life. The only thing, when he tries, he will lift death. 
what he will lift out. It might be, look nice and good and everything, but it will be dead. Why? Because nothing called life is new. It's a, it's a foreign, when you say something is foreign, it's foreign. It's different. It's completely different. Are you getting what I'm trying to say to you? Now, the concept of, this is, this is a wisdom. I'm just seeing wisdom. The Lord wants to communicate wisdom. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. You know when the Lord said this morning, he wants to bless us. He wants to make us full with life. This is what the Lord is talking about. See, and to, the, to get life, eh, ha, you need to know what has been done against life. To know that it's not just, men don't just stumble. I was talking about the narrow way the other time. So there are few that find it. And many souls can live their whole life around scripture, in the church, everything, but not find the way that lead to to life. Amen. Because there is a wisdom, there's there's an ancient wisdom that God has. Now let me tell you something. Do you know that? Do you know that? If you, even if you go, when you go to the beginning, right? When God put Adam in the garden with the tree of life, do you know that God did not just expect Adam to just by himself be eating the tree? I can, I can tell you that the reason why you see God's presence constantly coming is that if you left Adam with that tree, there's a way he might eat it that might not produce what he wants to produce. And the reason why, one of the reasons why they didn't let man come back to that tree is because man left the presence. And nobody should be allowed to interact with that tree without presence. Because the presence is the administer of the tree. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Man departed from the presence of God. When he left presence, God said, okay, without presence now, let's not bring this tree around, around man. Because there's a way he will do it and he will, <laughs> he will turn himself into a monster very quickly. You see that concept right from the beginning of the scriptures. Then all the way down to even the time of, see, he found Abraham, then Isaac, and then Jacob. Abraham, then Isaac, and then who? And then Jacob. Praise God. Then um, then. You, then you see the, the, praise the Lord. From Abraham, Isaac, praise God, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, let's go back a little bit. Genesis, right? After men left the, the Garden of Eden and they came out, you saw the way man began to reproduce. And do you know that ministry was going on? Ministry was going on. Who ministered to Seth? Who ministered to Abel? It was Adam. Seth wasn't reading his scripture. There was no scripture. Do you know what I'm saying? There's no scripture. Even if there was a scripture, he would not be able to just read and come into the stature. To a point where you can begin to call upon the name of the Lord. I want you to see, if you want to know the real pattern, don't look just at the law. 
you got sometimes you have to look before the law and see how God was doing things. So it was actually persons. So things in Adam, his son had to read them. Seth had to read. When I say read, I'm talking about soul, his father's soul. The father must have imparted his soul. Because when you, are, when you are to transfer life, life is more than just precept that is written. Life, for a soul to really receive life, the soul must not only see the information of the life, the soul must see how the life is embodied. If he doesn't see how it's embodied, you cannot come into it. That's the, diff- the reason why just reading scripture will not bring you into the life of God. That's the, the wisdom of soul. <laughs> power. Soul has power. So just knowing the info of the life is not enough. You must see the embodiment of the life for the life transaction to what? To occur. So that's what happened from generation to set to Enos, even down to Noah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. And then it continued to happen. It was until God produced a nation and then he brought them into the wilderness in the time of Moses. That's when you now saw the concept of giving of law. So that was, that was the first time you saw written representation of, um, of law that should help people. Uh-huh. Now, when the Lord gave that law, through Moses in, remember, what God really wanted was to have interaction through person, his own person, and the person of Israel, of the people of Israel, because that's the only way life can be given. He told them to come up to the mountain. Come up, all of you, come up to me, come up to me. Because if they had come up to the mountain, they would have been able to see a demonstration of how God's law is embodied inside of him. That was what God did. It was, God was brought, brought almost a demonstration of his inward, his, the, the, in, the inward manner by which he is carrying his law. He brought it upon the mountain. That's what was. See that what was upon the mountain is the same thing called presence. Amen. When... See, in the book of Genesis, when you hear that, that Adam said, I heard thy voice and I hid myself. Don't, <laughs> that thing called, you don't know what Adam heard that made him hide. It's not just one small voice. Adam, where are you? <laughs> then he went to go and hide. That's not, that's not see, that's not called presence. Praise God. What happened to Adam in the Garden of Eden is close to the same kind of experience that the people of his children of Israel had that made them run away in the wilderness. It's a presence. They call it the faces of Yahweh in some deep Hebrew translation of that thing called the presence of God. Presence of God. That presence of God is a way, is a method through the Holy Spirit through which God himself could come down to the earth and demonstrate his person. God was doing that in the Garden of Eden. 
He said, I heard thy voice walking. That's, go and read it. <laughs> he, how does voice walk? <laughs> you mean that that was some kind of terrible thing? A walking, God was a walking voice. So, now we don't know those things now because that time has passed. But God has a way of doing that. There's a way he can come down. He can use elements in a certain way to, to create personality around himself. God did that in the, in the Garden of Eden. And uh, you know so that, um, so you know so that, praise God, what did you say? Hmm, what did you say? You saw something. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> We are appeasing God started from. Yes, so you see, what he ran away was walking with God. Yes, sir. See, I heard their voice walking, and I hid myself. He ran away from walking with God because religion has tampered with him. Yeah. I believe God created that whole garden as a place where you should be walking with, with time. No way you say walking, it's not just physical walk. If it's, if it's a voice walking, you know the voice is more than just physical walking. Praise the Lord. So in, in the mountain of Sinai, when God came to that mountain, it was the same kind of thing. You also saw God walking on top of the mountain. You remember when Moses had his encounter with him? When he said, God, show me, show me, show me. He said, don't worry. There's a place by me. When I will come, you will stay there. Then I will put my hand and cover you. Then I will walk beside you. And then you will see my back. It means God was actually walking upon the mountain. The same kind of thing God used to do in the Garden of Eden is what God was doing upon the mountain. And that's what Israel was supposed to come and behold. But they said, no, we cannot take it. Please, this thing will kill us. Why? Because religion. So it's very clear that religion was actually older than the law. Yes, sir. Do you understand? So where, did we, where do we first see religion? Where did he first show up his face? Garden. The first voice we ever heard of religion was when he said, I heard thy voice walking and I hid myself. That's, that's the voice of religion. Check it. The, your, your religious tendency, that's the way it sounds. Yes. Then he hid himself. He went to go and, what can we do? You are naked. Oh, yeah. Went to go and cut what? Tree. That's what religion tries to do. To cover himself. To cover himself. So don't, don't go and walk with God. You are naked. Cover yourself instead. That's the religious voice. So religion is just a summation of all of man's effort to cover his nakedness. So the impact of religion is to open man to feel he's naked. That feeling of nakedness that man has. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Praise God. So in the Garden of Eden, sorry, now on the mountain, God came and they couldn't walk with God. But thank God one man was able to. Moses. Praise God. He was able to do it. And then God gave 
them the law. Now, it sounds like God gave Israel. And what happened in the mountain was the giving of law to Israel. But that's not really what happened on the mountain. What really happened on the mountain was the giving of Moses to Israel. You ask me, why do you say that? Do you know why? It's simple. It's simple because if that law, if God just took Moses away, let's say he just took him out, no Moses there, then all that happened was just maybe two stones rolling down the mountains. (laughs) (laughs) What happened? Just two stones, maybe two stones and then a book because there are many things God said to him too that they have to be written in books. So two stones and books just rolling down. They say, ah, where's Moses? The cloud will just vanish. Moses has gone with God. Now, and then you just imagine those. And remember those guys, they were already with golden calf before. Yeah. They already, <laughs> praise God. Imagine those guys, just two stones rolling down to them. And then when they open the stone, thou shall not, thou shall not. What do you think they will do with those stones? Eh? It means that that nation would have lost their way. They would not know anything about the, the character from where that thing, that, that, those stones are, where it's coming from. It was, it was actually Moses. So you now discover that in the Old Testament, God did not permit the people to directly relate with what was written. In fact, after a while, they took them, put them inside the most holy place and put them there. Rather, God now then check all the book, check the Bible from that book of end of Genesis, sorry, end of Exodus, praise the Lord, Exodus into Leviticus, then Numbers, you will just see. And the Lord speak unto Moses saying, Lord speak unto Moses saying, and a lot of times, the God spoke unto Moses saying, say unto Aaron, or say unto Aaron and his sons. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? I'm, I'm just showing you pattern. Pattern. What is pattern is that it wasn't you feel like that Old Testament, Old Covenant was just giving of stones and book. No. It was actually giving of persons. First of all, Moses who had seen God, who had, who had come into some work, God did a work inside of his heart with an encounter with the person of God. And then he was now able to do the same thing unto Aaron. And unto Aaron's sons. Brought Aaron and his sons. So what Aaron, what really raised Aaron a priest wasn't Moses saying, Aaron, take this tablet, go and be reading them. Or take this book, go and be reading them. After a while, God will help you to come into knowledge of these things and we can begin the ministry of the New Testament. No. All those times the Lord said, Moses, say unto him, say unto him, say on chapters and chapters and chapters. Miss Moses was sitting down with them, Aaron and his sons, talking to them. He must have been with Moses. They were drinking of, they saw how what God said to Moses was embodied in him. That's what raised them priests. You cannot raise priests by just reading stuff. When it was time to raise Samuel, they have to send him, go to the temple. 
to and stay. His mother brought him there. Come and stay there from a little boy with Eli. And it wasn't for the it wasn't for the fact that he could not hear God because it was proven later he could actually hear God. God could have been speaking to him through a voice. But that's not the way to raise his soul. He had to go and stay under the, the land. He was observing persons. So you must observe the soul. You must observe how it is embodied. How is the priesthood embodied inside of the soul of the man? Does that make sense to you? <laughs> so when God wanted to now, you see that period, so you see the priesthood, the tabernacle was actually the, what was happening in that tabernacle place when you come around from the court to the holy place and the most holy. See what was happening there was, when his soul is coming to that place, they begin to experience holiness, some kind of holiness. But the holiness is not just something that is smelling the air. Ah, this area is holy. It's not that that. The holiness is the server coming out of the conversation and the life of the being they begin to meet. First of all, they begin to meet Levites, separated souls. Who, has, who are Levites? Souls who have been taught separation. Been taught right from their childhood. How do you teach soul separation? Words. Talking to them. This is who you are. You're actually a Levite. These are the things that God has said concerning Levite. And they watch their parents live out this separated life around the tabernacle. Amen. Amen. <laughs> when it comes to the remitting of sins, right? You see how to do, what to do when they bring the sacrifices, what to do with it. All the acting that they had to do around the tabernacle. Those are those, you don't learn that in just one day. God, the Lord now said that in order for anyone to serve as a priest, first of all, the fact that you are a son of Aaron doesn't automatically make you a priest. You have to be of a certain age, age of 30. It's the age of priesthood. That's what the Lord said. Why did God say that? Because you have to give a learning time. There must be a time from when they are young. They will just be learning. They can't go and officiate. They can't. They have to be watching their father. Their father was watching the embodiment of priestly nature on the inside. So anybody who hasn't reached that age, you don't come around the tabernacle to do things in the tabernacle. Praise the Lord. Am I making some sense to you? So when it's time for the Lord to, then you now see from that, when the Lord instituted that the tabernacle, then you see from season to season, the Lord will now say, okay, how can we, because that nation was a big nation, how can we try and make the nation to be aligned according to the purpose? That's when the season of prophets now began to emerge. Now say, according in different seasons, God will begin to send different prophets. And you see, prophets... When God is sending prophets to the people, right? God, prophets are not going there with the law, to read the law. Because a prophet is a developed stature. That a man who is developed with the ways of God. 
And then that prophet is, is almost like a mobile tabernacle. He's, he has embodied everything in the tabernacle. And he can now go among the people and begin to deal, live among them. Begin to prophesy. His main prophecy is his movement. Yes. There's something about prophet and they are walking. They can talk, they talk. It's the prophet, God raised the prophet to even handle the king. When the king is going astray, like Elijah. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm trying to say? If the priest is just trying to talk directly to a king, they might not hear too much. That priest has to be a little bit high, like David. So that king has to be a bit high. After all, David himself was even a priest himself. Praise God. But do you understand what I'm trying to say? So the prophet is the carrier of the life. He embodies the life. Amen. Among what? Among who? Among the people. Praise the Lord. Aha. So this pattern is the same thing when it comes to the New Testament. There's an error that we've thought that, oh, in the Old Testament, that nobody had access to the books, which is actually not true. Each person also had access to the law because the people who copied the law and in Tabernacle, they read the law constantly. But we felt, there's a way that we felt that, oh, in New Testament, we all, we all have our individual Bible. So Christianity is just a personal thing. It's just me and my God. So as long as I'm born again, I have the Holy Spirit, I can read my Bible. I don't need anybody. I'm even going to church just to help the pastor. Yeah. I just go there so I can help, I can give and, you know, everything. But really, 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 I don't really need anything. It's just me and my Bible and my God. It's a lie. <laughs> it's not true. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because the pattern, the pattern did not change. Did not change. I want you to see, is it okay for us just to just speak? Or yes, you, you want me to go and show you all the scriptures of everything we are saying? We won't be able to go far in understanding what I'm saying if we do that. But because you know where these things are in the Bible. Is there anything I said that's not in the Bible? No, okay. Praise the Lord. Um, so, you now see the same, the same pattern followed. There was a time when it was a dark season where it's not even recorded really in the Bible. After the end of Malachi, that was the last prophetic season. Then after him, Prophets were no longer being raised like that. You saw silence. Silence, silence for hundreds of years probably. Until the season where John came. The prophet. And when John came, they had to quickly do it. They had to do a, a very powerful and interesting work with John. They didn't give us too much detail of what happened with John. But I can almost bet you that what John experienced must have been highly supernatural. That's why they had to, he had to remain in the wilderness. You see, and the child grew. And then he remained in the wilderness until the day of his showing unto what? 
unto Israel. So in that wilderness atmosphere, you don't know how, the, how did John come into the stature that he came into. I, I don't think it might not have been through direct just being in the temple, reading the prophets and the law. There might have been season in his life when he read that. But if that's all it takes to raise a prophet, many other prophets would have been raised before him. And John wouldn't have needed, needed to be taken to the wilderness for special dealings to raise him up. To raise a man who can, they had to make, find a way to make a man arise. Jesus Christ said, of all man, men born of a woman, none had arisen like unto John. Say, who do you go to see in the wilderness? A real shaking by the wind and all that. No, you're going to see a prophet. Yeah, more than a prophet. Praise God, a man who can perceive the kingdom of God. Who was teaching that? Say, go, I'm the voice crying out in the wilderness, saying, prepare ye the way of the Lord. He was preaching the kingdom of God. So it's very clear that John was a reason. He was greater than Moses. Who was greater than Elijah. Greater than all the prophets. Am I correct? So what would have happened to him? If for Moses it took God coming down on the mountain and bringing dealings in the wilderness, that would tell you something of what happens in wilderness. They might not have detailed it about John, but something like that must have happened to John. So it's very possible and highly likely that John was walking with God in the wilderness. That he was having dealings with the voice of God, walking in the wilderness. Do you agree with that? That's the pattern. So that was where John got his own personal, got his own personal dealing. You see? You see what I'm saying? Aha. Amen. Amen. Then John came. Then you see Jesus also then came on the scene as well. Now Jesus did not dwell in the wilderness like that, the way, the way John was dwelling in the wilderness. Amen. But, but Jesus was, we, we, got, we gained an insight into Jesus, that Jesus, because of what they were going to walk in Jesus, was not the same thing they were going to walk in John, right? What they were going to walk in Jesus was the, the actual stature, the actual representation of the stature, right? That the, he, ought to, he ought to grow, apart from just seeing the kingdom and being able to declare it being at hand. Jesus should have been able to grow into and enter inside the kingdom, which he did, and entered into the kingdom and then developed in stature in the dominion of God. So, so I believe Jesus' development, so when he was young, was actually done through angelic ministration. The ministry of angels. Because you saw the same, something happened in in the book of, when, when in the wilderness, after the, the temptation, he said that angels came and then what? And ministered unto him. You already saw angels around him. 
right from when he was even an angel who announced his birth, right, when he was young, when they were going to kill him, he saw angels were interested and were involved, watching over him, appearing to his parents, giving instruction, take him now away from Judea, travel to Egypt. Amen. He, he went, and after a while, he came back again. So it's very clear that those angelic operations did not what, stop. Uh-huh. Why? Now, why was Jesus Christ raised by angels? It's because angels are the angels. Whenever God wants to do this, his actual work, when I mean actual work, I mean he wants to, they want to bring an apostling of new things. Apostling of new things in the present. The place where they kept the pattern. The present heaven is holding, the present heaven is not new, but is holding the pattern for the new. The present heaven is not new, but is holding what? The pattern for the new. Is holding the pattern for the new. So when you minister the pattern for the new, you can bring newness. When you minister the pattern for the new, what can you do? You can what? You can bring newness. Praise the Lord. When the pattern for the new is based minister, what happened? You can bring what? About newness. What Israel received, what Moses received in the Old Testament was the pattern for the new. He had also the pattern for what? For the new. So they raised up Jesus. Praise God very quickly. They raised up Jesus in the wilderness. Sorry, not in the wilderness. Among in Nazareth. He was in Nazareth. They raised him up. Now, when Jesus was raised in Nazareth instead of wilderness, why was he raised? Why was Nazareth a more conducive place to raise up Jesus than where? Than in, in the wilderness. Why? Can anybody have a sense of, ask me why? Uh, okay. Can you answer? <laughs> May I want to ask you why? Uh, why? Okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Praise God. Did you hear what she said? So you went to, to, okay. Can someone try and rephrase what she said? Yes, go ahead, go ahead. Yes. And how Jesus was raised with the angels mm. around him. Mm. And it, oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> his embodiment. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. His embodiment. Okay. Mm. Um, so, how Jesus was raised with the angels and mm-hmm. how it was like evoking him. Mm. Yeah. So, um, as she said, there was no one. They couldn't bring him to the wilderness because the, like, no one was there. There was no prophet, no nothing. 
So they needed someone with an embodiment of God's life okay. to produce life, the life of God in mm. people. Mm. You know how before you were talking about in previous, um, I don't know, it was life me or life is, mm. we're saying how Nazareth is full of souls. Yes. Like souls that are just scattered, yeah. souls that were just that it needed a specific mm. kind of life mm -hmm. to bring something. Mm. You know how you say persons to persons souls? Mm. That that's how you bring, not through scriptures, you need the soul of a mm -hmm. person to groom a person. Yeah. So it's from, um, as you talk about Elijah, yeah. how, I mean, Samuel, how that start from the little. Uh -huh. So how Jesus was small, so small in uh, Nazareth, they had to bring. Yes. Bring up. Yes. Um, so that's, that's literally what she was. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So it's, it's what um, Jesus is, the environment where the, where the training is done is important. Right. Because when you are, when you are doing a training, you will you will when you're doing a training you have to bring conditions that what you are being developed when you are developing is designed to to be effective against so it's very clear that what jesus was was really raised in jesus was a life that is contrary to the life of men is different from raising someone like John. John's own ministry was a different kind of thing entirely. And Old Testament prophets are also different. Old Testament prophets were weird and strange people. <laughs> they were weird. They are not designed to live among people. Because if they live among people, they can be killing people <laughs> constantly. <laughs> like, yeah, imagine someone like Elijah is your roommate or is your next door neighbor. <laughs> Means your life is in danger, am I correct? <laughs> Praise God. He was coming and then small kids were shouting, bow the dead man, go up, bow the dead man. Those kids were just playing. <laughs> I, I think so. They were just, they saw his bow head or something and they were just talking about what did he do? He just cre bears creative kind of operation. From nowhere, bears came and ate them. Up. Are you getting one of those? Or you want to live with someone that can call fire? You know that this guy can actually call fire down right now. <laughs> At any time. <laughs> Means you are living, if you are living in the next house to someone like Elijah, you have to be careful your, your music can't be too loud. You have to be <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. So what, when they raise the Old Testament prophet, an Old Testament prophet is just is a carrier of, is, is developed to, he's an, uh, is, is, he's, uh, he lives in, in an ideal position. There's something about that prophetic nature 
of Old Testament. You see, when they are, look at Elijah, sorry, Isaiah, when he just started prophesying from chapter one, woe unto this, woe unto that, just woe. God had to. <laughs> Amen. They had to touch his tongue in verse six before he calmed down a little. But when you begin to read more, the guy was, he's talking about, because to be able to, those guys, they are, they are, they are, they are, able, they are to prophesy of the, a pattern. And they are to be, they are, they are raised, Old Testament prophets, they are raised into the prophecy, stature of the prophecy. They don't have, they have to embody that, they don't have, they don't condone anything that is contrary to that kind of thing. That's different. So that is not the same thing as raising a man who should be like you, who should be in the world, but not of the world. Praise God. So there are different, there are different kinds of that prophetic nature. Praise the Lord. So in Jesus, what was actually wrought in Jesus was the, was the, you know how, for example, you say we carry this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power might be of us, of God, and not of us. It's the power to carry the new life, right? in the natural environment of men. That was the, the unique training that Jesus was going through. They first gave him a father and a mother, and they were, they were both, they were now teaching him right from when he was young how to, you know, you, when you was about your father's business and all, but after a while, still follow your parents home. Unlike John, that went into the wilderness. They made sure that Jesus must follow John was also about his father's business, but that one was, <laughs> he didn't have need for parents, but Jesus had to have need for what? <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Some of us want to be like John, not Jesus. Please be like Jesus. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. So you now see the demarcation between John and Jesus. There's a difference. John, when he, they raised him and raised him, but after a point, they said, they couldn't raise him further. They couldn't raise him into the kingdom. But no man has risen unto John, but the least in the kingdom is greater than he. Least inside the kingdom. So you see prophetic stature, right, that does not before the kingdom. Then you see Jesus' own prophetic stature was different. Jesus was the kingdom prophetic stature. Is not the same. So it means that John was in danger on the earth. If you took John and just say, go and live the way men are living, after a while, they, will swallow, they can still swallow up his prophetic, the prophetic nature. Because of what is in the world is deadly. Where you, in a world where you have all kinds of, you have evil, you have the evil of the day, is too strong. Are you getting what I'm saying? So for a soul to be in the world and not of the world, you can't do it. You must have, you must in you, that ability is fueled by another dominion. It takes the dominion of God to be in the world and not of the world. If you don't have the dominion of God and you are in the world, the world can swallow you because the world has a dominion. 
So that's the difference between. So Jesus, because of the kind of dominion, the prophetic nature that was being raised in Jesus, is another is higher than the world. After a while, he said, I have overcome the world. John can never say that. So be of good cheer, I overcome the world. In the other place, he said that he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. So that he that is greater than he that is in the world is not in, was, not, was not in John. So they have to go and hide him. That the world should not be near him at all. So that he can be a voice that will cry out in the wilderness, saying what? Make straight the path. And prepare ye what the way. And what was his message? The kingdom is at hand. He is not in the kingdom. He's just, he can see, he can herald concerning the kingdom. And look, the kingdom is at hand though. But when Jesus was there, the kingdom had come. That was Jesus. So Jesus was the first prophet of the kingdom of God on the earth. Yes. The first prophet of the kingdom. What is the kingdom of God? The dominion of God. You know, the God, God's dominion has two dominions. The dominion of Christ, which is part of the dominion of God, and then the dominion of God. So dominion just means life force. Like, what is... is dominion is the, is the domain of life. So, when, it's, when a, a person who is a kingdom person, anywhere they go, with them, they can create a domain around them for the life of God to be established or to live. That's why it's good to be a kingdom person. When you are a kingdom person, you are not, you are not in threat of the life of the world. Your actual dominion is an overcoming dominion. You can be in a place where there are worldly people around you. Praise the Lord. But where you are, the king, Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. Now, that kingdom, which is not of the world, praise the Lord, he can be in the world and not of the world because his kingdom is not of the world. It's actually a, a higher and a greater kingdom than what? Than this, than this world. Praise God. So they raised Jesus, but to get Jesus into that kingdom, there was also a personal touch through angelic ministry. All right? Through angelic ministry, they had, they must have ministered to Jesus the Christ. You know, in heaven, there's a, there's a pattern of the Christ in heaven. There is, when you go into the first heaven, then you see the second heaven. Those are all realms of Christ in heaven. It's also, is the realm of what? Of the realm of Christ. In other words, the way they live there, they live there, the life pattern in the first heaven and in the second heaven. When you interpret what kind of life are they living, it is a Christ kind of life. It's the pattern of a Christ life which they are living. Amen. That Jesus must have grown when he came into the fullness of this Christos, right, in his soul. Then after a while, he will now begin to have dealings with his father to be trained by his father. Amen. That's when the father now began to speak. This is my beloved son, in whom I am pleased. That's the point where Jesus also now began to hear the father, and he also now began to see the father walking. Wow. The way Jesus could hear his father and see his father walking 
like that, you are not necessarily privy to that kind of dealing just by yourself or that kind of training just by yourself. Amen. Amen. And God has chosen it. God is the one who decided it that way. That that kind of dealing like that is will do it for one man. And that man will be a captain for others. Yes. The captain of your salvation. Is the captain? He will also be the high priest. He also is also the pattern. He's also the forerunner. What was wrought in Jesus, even though they did it, of course, he was learning the scripture. He knew the scripture. But what was doing, what was happening to Jesus? Jesus was able to see how the Father embodied his life. As the Father had life in himself, so was he giving the Son to have life in himself. The time of the Father showing him, he loved the Son and he showed him the thing which he himself doeth. Are you talking about that? Those things are not just reading scripture. He's not just reading, thank God for scripture. Jesus knew scripture. He understood scripture. He read scripture. If he didn't know scripture, when the Father is showing him what himself do it, he wouldn't be able to understand what he's seeing. Scripture is the, is the healing of the, of the mind. When scripture has, has when a mind has, has, has plenty of washing of scripture, then they show you an image. You can tell what that image is. You can receive, you can read so image from soul because of scripture. The reason for scripture. The reason for scripture is to, to help train the mind and the understanding. Scripture is a development of understanding to read life. To read life. What the soul needs to read to come into life is that he must read life. Right? Said he has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. He has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light. So the gospel brings life and immortality to light. What does it mean for something to be brought to light? You can read it. So because of the gospel, you can now read life and immortality. It means the gospel is not life and immortality. The gospel brings life and immortality yes. to light. Yes. Do you understand the difference of what I'm saying? That, ah, before this thing you wouldn't, even if they brought it to, to you, life and immortality, you can't even tell there's an immortality or life here. You can't read it. Like, like just an unbeliever who has never encountered scripture before, just met Jesus on the road. You will know him like those two guys on the way to Emmaus. <laughs> They saw the resurrected Lord. The inheritor of the throne of God. The one who all the angels, when he bringeth in the first begotten, so let all the angels, so angels, they could see him and worship him because they are scripture. Angels are scripture, they could see him. Let all the angels worship him. So, but he was walking on the road with those guys to Emmaus. They were arguing he was there. They probably didn't listen to him. Why is this guy, who is this one? They're talking about things that just happened. 
Say, oh, oh, slow of heart to believe the scripture and all that the Lord does. I did not say that they will suffer many things. It means that their mind had not read, they didn't know the scripture. <laughs> Do you get what I'm trying to say? So I'm not talking about, so you need scripture, but I'm just trying to show you something. That you can know scripture, but if you know scripture, but there has to be, there has to be a, a, a the life and immortality must be sent to you. Embodied life must come. That you will, must use your, your, your scriptural mind to read. Praise God. Like Paul, when, like when Paul came with the gospel of Christ, it wasn't just talk, it was coming with. You know, check, go and read the book of Acts. They first told him, okay, come, come and be with us for some time. He went to Jerusalem. They were just watching him. They were watching him before they gave him the right hand of fellowship. They now began to observe some things <laughs> concerning Paul. It wasn't just his in, a revelation alone that gave them that he gave them. It, it's what Paul had gotten from the person of Jesus, because they had also been with Jesus. Meaning that Jesus must not have started teaching Paul from Christ. Jesus must have also taught Paul the milk of the word. It means that Jesus also, thank God, God used, he used, I know Ananias may have started the ministry to Paul. Right? Was he, an, was he um, Ananias? Right? When he sent him into the city, praise the Lord, and it was him who laid hands on him. He received the Holy Spirit, and he must have started the ministry of the milk of the world to him. So he must have done a little bit of work on Paul until Jesus now began to appear to him, to then minister to him, to Jesus himself. So Jesus was, you know the kind of thing that Jesus did with those guys in Amos? There's something of demonstration around the table. You know, that table thing was a central aspect of the life of Jesus among the disciples. His manner around it. You know, there's something about table. That's why you see a family, the center of family is table. Table means where culture is where life is transferred. You see, the father is there. The children will sit around. There's something about the conversation of the table. Where the, that's where the, 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 the transfer of life. The reason for table is reading. You know, the, the way, what, what makes the journey to the table. You know, in a home, the journey to that dinner table starts in the morning. There's a way that the family journeys to arrive at the table in the night. So the table is the, is the, is the, is the, is the culmination of the feasting of the, of the life culture. Of the family. That's what they talk about the matters. Okay, Junior, what do you do today? I saw you doing that thing. Uh, why, what was it? why were you doing it that way? And Junior would talk. I say, okay, I understand, my son. You see, but there's another way that you could have done. That like table talk. That's the convert. That's the release. That's at that point is where the father is releasing his genes into his children. So it's that thing, that table thing. That's the same thing. Jesus had that with his disciples. They will go, they will walk around, they will, do, they will come back to the table. He will give them bread. There are things about, so that table talks about the culture that they were getting from Jesus. Then you now see Paul now says something in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Yes. About when he was teaching concerning the communion table. Paul was teaching, he wasn't there with them. He wasn't with the 12. He wasn't with them. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, he said, he said I received from the Lord Jesus. 
that which I also communicated to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he wasn't there. He took bread. He broke it. Paul was talking about communion table. So it means that Jesus must have been doing it with him. After he encountered him and he was appearing to him, he was doing the same thing with Paul. So when you're talking about Paul saying, the dispensation which I have received from Christ for you, Paul, an apostle of Christ and all that, he's telling you what Paul is talking about is not just scripture or something. Paul is talking about culture, life, life. That dispensation is image, life culture that Jesus Christ came. He received it personally. Are you seeing this other side? It's a wisdom war. If you have this wisdom, you will go far. You will go too far. You will go too far. This was the wisdom that I got. That I had been listening to messages, hearing messages and hearing tapes and all that. From Nigeria, they were sending it to me. I was learning, listening to Word of Righteousness, reading the Bible. When I say reading the Bible, look, I was reading the Bible. Okay? Praise <laughs> God. And I was praying. Let's just leave it at that. I was doing that, but the, the change of my life came by this understanding. That, you see the life, but Jesus said that, look, you said the scripture, you think that in them you have life. But I am he who they are t- the scripture is talking about. I'm standing in front of you, you argue with me, but you are searching the scripture. <laughs> those, those foolish Pharisees. After a while, they said, Came Jesus, you're being, the people, they don't fast. Everybody is fast. They're not fast. They said, look, look. Why do the friend of the bridegroom need to fast when the bridegroom is them? What are they fasting for? Okay. You religious guys. Okay. They are thinking of how to appease God. He said, look, that's, look I'm with them. What, what men fast for? They have it with them. They have no need to fast as long as I'm with, I'm with them. Person. Jesus was, Jesus was salvation walking with them. They were, they were strolling with salvation around. Walking with them. But there's an evil in the devil. The devil is in our day now. This is the foolishness. He wants to make us the most foolish generation. We will never be in Jesus' name. You know the generation we are in right now? It's, a, it's a, the generation of despising people. Who... You don't know what, this, what heaven subjected them to. You don't even know anything about it. To just believe two men who have walked with God and count them as nothing. In the name of having, I have my own scripture. I can use my revelation. No, no, see, see, Titan. No, there's nothing about Titan. The Bible, you are reading scripture and saying nonsense. Praise the Lord. And are you getting what say? That's foolishness. Foolishness. It's because of this thing you will see people who God has given a dispensation of, of word to their soul for others. You see some people will run away from them and go and, go and feel like they have their own revelation. They've never met Jesus. They've never encountered Jesus. They've not had dealing with his angel. All they have is just boldness of I can also get revelation of scripture too. See, it's not enough. 
you can stay with that scripture for decades and decades. You will never change. You can never, you will never, you don't know, you don't know, you don't know what, what is, what needs to happen to, to shift the arrangement of your person to align with, the, to flow with the waters of God. You don't have what it takes with all your good intention to do that. So you have a question. Yeah. Is by following pattern, right? Following yes. God's pattern and walking with Him. Yes. And yeah, you're, so you've been trying to explain that it's not just from reading scriptures, because mm. um, reading scriptures can just be like reading letters, right? It's from like, mm. it's from observing life. Yes. From someone that has been raised, I think that's what. Mm. And then you said you got this wisdom mm-hmm. after. Mm. Um, listening to some messages from Nigeria mm. and all of that. So my question, my question is, um, so can you give us an example? Okay. <laughs> of who who did you whose life did you observe for the for uh, the uh, or can we maybe observe you? Oh, okay. <laughs> praise God. Okay. Praise the Lord. Okay. Let me clarify something too. Um, amen. Now, when we're talking of image, right? What we're talking about is image. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if you take the Ephesian church, for, for example. Now, Paul stayed in Ephesus for some years, and they were in Ephesus. Now, there will be, there will be a point in the Ephesian church that at some point that there will be Christians added to that church, but not every one of them met Paul. Yes, sir. The time of Paul staying with them might have already passed for some time. But when they get to the church, who are they going to meet there? They are meeting, there are, not, there are many. Many people. Maybe they've not all reached the fullness of the stature of Christ, but they have their own different allocation. So the, where Christ in Ephesus was situated, was not in the Bibles of people in Ephesus. It's in the people of Ephesus. Paul, that's the the apostolic grace. The apostolic grace is to replicate nature in people. And that's what this um, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 is saying. is actually to produce the epistle. Let's read that word. To answer your question, let's read that place. Praise God. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1. Do we begin again to commend ourselves, or need we, as some others, epistles of commendation to you, or letters of commendation from you? It says, Ye are our epistle, written in our hearts, known and read of all men. For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ, ministered by us, were written not with ink but with the spirit 
of the living God. Not in tables of stone, but in, in fleshy tables of what? Of the heart. So I want you to see something. There are two places that is said that this epistle is written here. The first place is verse 2. Our hearts. When you say our hearts, not everybody in hearts in the world. is Paul and the, his so-called ministers who ministered. That the epistle was written in their own heart. Who wrote the epistle in their own heart? We know for sure that Paul, it was Christ Jesus himself who did that writing upon Paul. And Paul must have written on the other apostles as well. And, and then, when Paul, when Paul said, they gave me the right hand of fellowship, that right hand of fellowship is not the point where they said, Paul, go and minister. We know when they said Paul is released to go and minister, when they all came together and the Holy Ghost speaketh, separate unto me Paul and Barnabas for what I have called them. Then they prayed upon them and sent them out. That was after they had given the right hand of fellowship. What is the right hand of fellowship? Is access to fellowship. It means that what the first thing that happened was they gave Paul the, the, the access for Paul to bring his conversation of Christ into their fellowship. Yeah. You see, Paul said it again later. I think it was in the book of Galatians. That when I came and I brought the gospel of Christ, he said, I didn't speak. What did he say? Okay, there's that one, I confess not in flesh and blood. But there's the only one where he said that there are things that he didn't speak openly first. When it came to the elders, for those who were elders among them, that he didn't talk to them openly, but rather in secret. If you can find a place for me. Huh? Oh, is it Galatians? Chapter 2, verse 2. Praise the Lord. Galatians 2, okay, there 14 years after I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and took Titus with me, and I went up by revelation and communicated unto them that gospel which I preach among the Gentiles, but privately to them which were of reputation, lest by any means I should run or had run what in, in vain. So those who were of reputation, it's not just, it's not natural reputation, it's talking about reputation among the saints. So he wasn't only ministering to people, he was also ministering to leaders. And those, of those who are reputation could be apostles, other apostles, or even those who have been raised as pastors among the saints, who still needed things to be added to them or to be perfected in their, in their embodiment or in their knowledge of Christ. Amen. So the right hand of fellowship that they gave to Paul was access to become fellows with Paul. Right, they were, they means they, they subjected themselves in fellowship with Paul to become fellows of what he has, this dispensation of Christ, which he had received directly from Jesus. Praise the Lord. Now, going back quickly to, um, because of time, I also want us to race back to that Second Corinthians chapter, chapter 3. So you see the two places where the, he said the epistle is written. Is first of all in our hearts, that's their own hearts. Then secondly, it says, is now written upon them. 
who are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but in the spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshy tables of the heart. So it was written in their own heart. And by, by ministering, ministration of the spirit, the same thing was written on the hearts of all those people in this Corinthian church. So it means that when a believer comes to a church, a believer should not, it's not, doesn't need to say, ah, I need to now have my own personal one-on-one with Paul. So he can minister. No, no, no. This is the nature of Christ. is here. It's here. Is here is the conversation, is the life. There's a way you, you carry Christ according to the measure that has been yes, done in you. Yes, There's a way that you carry it that this guy might have been reading for some time. Am I lying to you, sir? Am I true? Is it true? It's true. Okay. <laughs> now, when are things clearer to you? Is it when you read here or read here? Now, if you were a proud boy, you wouldn't be reading here. Yes, you try yes. to you'd be trying to see everything for yourself yes. in here, and you can spend decades and you will never see anything. Do you agree with what I'm saying? Yes, sir. It's the truth. That's why when you see, we're talking about community, body. <laughs> the body. The, the, that's the power of it. There's what you call that which each joint supplies. <laughs> each joint is supplying the distribution. It's culture, life culture. Life culture. The thing is that you must now labor in doctrine. Because if you don't labor in doctrine, you will not be reading anything. You won't be seeing, you won't understand, you won't be wondering why is he even behaving like this. After a while, you start getting angry. Why is he everything trying to be meek every time? Can't you? You know what I mean? Something, someone did something wrong. Why can't you just say it? Why can't you? Why are you guys all trying to be meek the whole time and everything? Why is, is everything about just being meek? <laughs> you don't know what they are doing because your mind has not been. Whoa. Scripture is what makes you, he brings the life to light. You use it to be able to read natures. The purpose of scripture is to equip the soul. Open it up. You make you able to read natures. You can read nature. You can read lives by scripture. When you have plenty of scripture, when you see an evil man, you will know. You can see someone that everybody is celebrating that they are nice. But when you see them, when you have scriptures, you can tell, no, this man is actually evil. When you see, you see some traits around, around the person. So the purpose of scripture is to make you able to read things that are stored in souls. People. Amen. <laughs> to answer your question, I want to answer your question, but I don't want to answer my, your question in a way that I idealize my own experience. 
Okay. I don't want to answer it in that way because it's not some time when there's no, there's, God wants to do something. Um, God, you know, God has a way. He finds a way to do things. You know, God has, he has the, he has the, 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 the order, but God is not locked. He created the order, Right? So the right order for me normally to come into this thing is that I would just maybe locate a church, right? A church where they actually teach these things. Where, and then when I come to the church, I'm, I'm learning the scripture. I'm looking at brethren. I'm surrounded by brethren who have the life conversation. And because of that, I can read their life. And I'm, I'm learning, I'm getting culture. Culture of life from them. That's the ideal way. But I didn't go to the right. Why? Just simply because there was no church where I could. You know, a lot of the churches that I was, that I, my own church and churches I was attending were mainly around the milk of the world at different levels. You know what I mean? So um, they hadn't come into the kind of knowledge that has to do with the nature of Christ and then the nature of God. So I couldn't find that conversation among people, personally, myself. But by God's grace, the Lord led me, connected me to EGFM, and, and I was getting messages from Reverend, Reverend's messages. They were sending it to me, posting them. MP3. Brother Binga. Brother Binga shouldn't care back then. That was 2011. It was sending me the messages, right? And I was listening and listening. And thank God I was gaining so much wisdom of scripture. I was gaining wisdom of scripture. I was gaining wisdom of scripture. Praise God. Now, when a minister is ministering the word, that's why there's different, you know, there are different levels to this thing. There is just reading scripture. Then there is a verse, you see the key thing here, the key thing here, I'm not talking about physical connection alone. Just I'm physically seeing you. That's of course the, the that's how it's supposed to be normally, you know, physically connected together and all that. That's the full kind of scenario where you're able to, you know, receive from people. You dwell with them physically and all. But there are different layers. But the main point is talking about <laughs> the main thing is the flow of of life from a vessel. Uh, so Someone might not be there with you physically. But now the teaching of the New Testament is not just teaching of, it's not all, preaching is not reading scripture. If there is no difference, there will be no preaching. It will be all of you, the reading for today, I'll just send a text message, WhatsApp. Read, I'll say, Read um, Ephesians 1, verse this and this. After that, next time, then go to 2 Corinthians, read that one, then go to that one, read that one, and after that, pray, and that's it. And that's the message. No, it's different. Now, the, like this, the way this teaching went on today, right, true words. You go, true words. What am I, I'm trying to communicate something. Using the light of scripture that you're familiar with. Scripture that you have means that you, re- you already have the light to see the life that I'm trying to communicate. It's a life today. I'm trying to communicate a portion of life to you. 
That's the real purpose of any kind of ministration of New Testament. It's not to recite scripture. But it's used through using scripture because it's scripture that will then bring it to light. So through using scripture, but the main goal is to communicate a life, a portion of God's life in the ministration. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, sir. So in ministration, Holy Ghost moves ministers to minister in different ways. Different, different ways. Look at someone like Mommy Helen. Mommy Helen is a, I call her the, 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 what, the mouthpiece of the spirit of counsel. Right? <laughs> you, you know what I mean? <laughs> she will, she, how, that's her, her main portion. Her main trust is to, she can, she can raise life conversation and turn it into words and bombard your soul with it. You know what I mean? Daddy also has that. Daddy's own is also another level. Because he, he has the, he does it by teaching and by drama. So, it's not those things. Those are, part of, those are ministering grace. Something that you might not be able to use, use English to say, by the spirit, you can act it. When it's acting, you know what it's talking about. Now, what is that acting? Is it a scripture? Sharing, sharing his examples, stories, things that have happened, dealings. You know, anytime a minister is teaching, they're telling you, oh, the Lord did this, I did, went through this. When he talks about his own experiences when he was young, how the Lord dealt with him, taught him meekness. Is it just scripture he's teaching? He's ministering himself. Like Paul said, I ministered my own self to you. Paul spoke of doctrine and manner of life when he was talking to Timothy. Say, so how you observe my doctrine and then my manner of life. Manner of life. Are you seeing? So preaching, when someone is preaching, is both the giving of doctrine and then also the what? The manner. Are you getting the point I'm trying to make to you? You should answer a lot of questions in your, like when your mind, when you're asking, okay, why? Ah, should I just be listening to this or that thing? So there's a part of it I won't just listen to everything. If you have grace, you can listen to everything. But you have, just know in your mind that God works with men. Yes. See, you know the problem I have? A lot of people are liars. You see a lot of men of God, when they are talking, they talk, but they try and hide their reference as if everything they are talking came from heaven. It's a lie. They read some men's books. They listened to people's messages. They didn't just get fresh, just you and God and Holy Ghost. A man of God wants you to feel that way, but it's actually a lie. Anybody, if any Christian wants to do that, only me and Bible, you will not have any tiny stature. You will not have started to any point where man, someone can see life in you and want it. Just you and scripture and Holy Ghost in your room can never give that to you. Anybody who has something like that, they cut it from somewhere. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. From somebody. Someone else ministered their soul to them. Mm-hmm. So don't be carried away by that thing and feel like, let's just go and no, there's nothing like that. There is nothing. Like life only travels from soul to soul. Life travel from soul to soul to soul to soul. 
So one of the, when you gain capacity in New Testament, and that's why you need meekness of heart. You know what is meekness? When one person can put himself aside and try, decide to drink another person. That's the actually of not thinking on your own thing. That's one way you should, be, you should be fashioned and configured. You should be able to drink somebody else. When you see your brother, don't be thinking about your own thing. Be able to see the allocation inside of him that you don't yet have. Because that's the way God is going to bless you. That's the wisdom of body. Each joint is supplying this one. What, is, what you need is, what you desperately need is abundant in this person. What that person desperately needs is abundant in you. According to the way, different ways that you have, we have our own ability toward, to, to be raised in different aspects of this life. Praise God. So you see, when the Lord helped me was when the Lord now showed me this secret. He said, look, this is where it is. So it's in this area. It's not in just this scripture and printing. Look at it. So now, when, I'm now, when I now began to listen to message, I now listen in a different way, to a different ear. It's not a different ear. It's that I'm not just paying attention to just knowing all the... Uh, it's not, my point wasn't knowing all the scripture and scriptural revelation that Reverend had. That was not my, just my approach anymore. But rather, I want to be hearing the sound of his life conversation. I want to, the Lord began to help me, gave me ability to, to extract, I can be, he can be teaching, and what I'm seeing is just conversations. I'm seeing the background conversations behind the message. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. What I've just described to you guys is ministry of the New Testament. Yes, <laughs> this is the ministry of is the ministry of the New Testament. Ministry of the New Testament. At the core of it is this power. In summary, the power here is the power of submission. Submission to, to channels of life that God has put around your soul. Amen. You gain more skill as you exercise yourself. God wants to raise a powerful people. God wants to accelerate the, the flow. The, the pace and the quickness at which we are able to capture and embody his life. God wants to quickly accelerate it. Make it quick. Make it quick. God wants to tune you in that way. Tune you. So you see, religious souls don't think in this way. Why? Because a religious soul, his treasure is his own righteousness. So a man who treasures his own righteousness doesn't think about drinking another person. He doesn't think about the things of another, right? 
He said, think not upon your own things. If you want to die, think upon your things. If you want to live, think upon the things of another. Yeah, you will, you will capture conversations from them that will cause you to what? To live. Praise the Lord. Let's just begin to pray because of time. Time is gone. Show us the ancient path. Lead us along eternal highways. We want to walk in the foot step of Jesus. We want to enter your end. Show me the ancient path. Oh, and lead me along it. Null highways. I want to walk in the foot steps of Jesus. I want to enter your rest. Oh, show me the ancient paths and lead me along. Eternal highways. We want to walk in the footsteps of Jesus. I want to enter your realm. Oh, show me the ancient paths and lead me. Along eternal highways, I want to walk in the footsteps of Jesus. I want to enter your rest. Oh, show me the ancient path. And lead me along eternal highways. I want to walk in the footsteps of Jesus. I want to enter your rest. Thank you, Jesus. Rapaieria Elogaranos, Abraham Evanot, every Enjara was the Rarov and Hata Rabatoria. Ranta Ernos, Abran Otta Legariel, Alvan on the Braharabas of Soria Nigge. Ipranda Yarabasia, Iprandesh Shandavarosa, Iprande Lebaradabontias. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. 
in Jesus name our Lord we bless your name today thank you thank you for the route the, the way you've taken us this morning to bless our soul thank you for bringing clarity explanation and Lord showing the, the pattern the way of the New Testament ministry to us Lord thank you give us the grace to take this knowledge to use it Father help us Lord to come into the blessing of life behind the thought which you have shared with us no heart will go home without this blessing today I ask that your spirit will cause it to rest understanding comprehension of these things in a deep way in a way that is practical and is livable thank you our father we give you all the glory today. We bless your holy name. We worship you. In Jesus' name we, we pray. Amen. You between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwell between the cherubim shining.